Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our assembled hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Who makes the big decisions? Who's in charge? Who commands the room? When something needs to be said in your family or your place of employment, who speaks up? When the decision needs to be made, to whom do people look? To a degree, for sure, it depends on the weight of the decision. There's some decisions that come rather easily. If the light switch for fuel comes on the dashboard of your car, you make the decision to go get gas. But but if you hear a clunk under the hood or something going on in the car that you don't know about, who makes that decision? And who decides the big issues of, of your life? what you do, where you live, or even deeper into the soul, how you think, how you feel, and who you are. Perhaps maybe you're collaborative and you like to sit and visit and talk about those kinds of things. Well, we should do this. We should think that. This is how we're going to operate together. Or maybe you come from an autocratic system and one person says, this is the way it's going to be. I decide these sorts of things questions. In our text today from Mark chapter 1, Mark gets immediately into the ministry of Jesus Christ. It's unfolding, it's moving, it's shaking, it's moving quickly. There's no angels, no shepherds, no Mary, no Joseph, no stable, no manger. So when you read the gospel of Mark, you put away your Christmas things rather quickly because Mark is driving towards something else and Jesus is driving towards something else. And Jesus won't stop and Mark won't stop describing until Jesus gets to that finish line and the whole gospel narrative, the whole story of Mark's gospel ends at its appointed finish, as does Jesus. Who's in charge? Who makes the decisions? Who has authority in your life? Who has authority over our lives? Wear your mask. Well, who says so? And why do they say so? And how do they have authority to tell me what to do? Social distance and stay away. Quarantine and isolate. Close your business, close your restaurant, close your church. By whose authority? Who says? Get a vaccine. It's all fine. Who says? By whose authority? Who makes those calls? And by what authority do we make those decisions in in our lives? Typically what we tend to do in 21st century America is is go to the internet. We take our phones, we take our iPads, we take our computers, we, we search and search and search, we read and sort and figure out loads and loads of digital or printed content. And we work it through our own minds and our own hearts, trying to figure out the the greater authority, sometimes defined by who has the greatest web hits or maybe even more, who do I agree with? So much content and so little authority. 
Some will say, well, science says, and so I'll do what science says. Some will say, my doctor says, and I trust my doctor, so I'll go in this direction. Some say, well, the government says, and if the government says it, it's got to be right, so I'll go that direction. And then asked by someone about why we do what we did or why we're fixing to do what we're fixing to do, we point to the authority and we say, I'm doing it based on what, what that person or that group of people say. But what about, what about your life? By what authority do you live? By what authority do you do what you do, think what you think, feel what you feel at the bottom line, at the foundational piece of your life, what drives your decision-making process, what drives your goodwill about yourself. In our text today and, and throughout the first chapter of Mark's gospel, Jesus is, is establishing his own authority. He's getting after it. He doesn't have a need for all sorts of fancy language and all sorts of flowery philosophical stuff. Mark is immediately getting after the story of Jesus. In the first chapter alone, Jesus has the authority to call disciples, authority over evil spirits as in our text. He teaches as one with authority. He has authority over disease. He has authority over the dreaded disease of leprosy. And he has the authority to restore people into community. He goes and goes and goes and he does and does and does and he doesn't concede his authority throughout the whole gospel of Mark. As a matter of fact, every step he makes in the gospel of Mark, Jesus establishes his authority to a greater and greater degree. Jesus is the man in Mark's gospel and authority is vested in him. One of the things that's been exhausting over the last months has, has been the source of authority continues to change. In our own school, trying to, to keep the school open, to pivot, to think about who needs what and what the process will be and mass and distancing and what happens when someone tests positive or a loved one of someone tests positive. We, we continue to go back to the county, to the state, to the CDC and try to figure out by what authority do we go and our problems come when the authorities don't align or even more when the authorities say well upon further review we're changing what we've done earthly authority rooted in human knowledge human wisdom and human power seems to ebb and flow with the tides of human reason and human thinking and human expediency. And it becomes so overwhelming and exhausting to continue to make decisions in an ever-changing world. But the authority of Jesus does not shift with the expediency of humanity. 
throughout the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, it's Jesus who comes in and takes charge. It's Jesus who comes in and, and says what needs to be said, who casts out an evil spirit, who heals a leper. It's Jesus who's in charge. It's Jesus who's the authority. And as the authority in things great and small, he doesn't give up that authority and say, well, I'll let this decision go to somebody else. He's the one who's driving. He's driving with his authority all the way, well, all the way to Mark chapter 16, verse 39. After the trial, the agony, the crucifixion of Jesus, all the painful pieces of, of Dark Friday, of Good Friday, finally, the first time Jesus is acclaimed as the Son of God is found in Mark chapter 16, verse 39. After the whole case has been built, after all of his authority has been tested and been verified, finally this word of affirmation. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Surely this man, this Jesus, was the Son of God. Who says that you have peace with God? By what authority is, is that said? Well, Jesus says that. And Jesus puts his authority forward and says, you belong to God. God is close to you. And here's how I know and here's how I have my authority. Because of my death on the cross... That death sealed my authority to bring you to my Father. My death, my sacrifice, Jesus says, brings you forgiveness and wins grace for you. By his death, he brings for us peace with God. And that peace doesn't change. And that authority doesn't change. We can't unkill or de-resurrect Jesus. He did what he did and his authority stands as it stands. When forgiveness of sins is declared in the name of Jesus, it's done with his authority. Not a changing, evolving, or changing and devolving word. Not an authority that is subject to the ups and downs of disease and the ebbs and flows of politics. Because he gave his life on the cross, Jesus, the Son of God, works and acts by his own authority to bring God close to you, to bring you God's grace through faith in Jesus, to forgive sins and to grant us peace, a peace that looks at the gnawing conversation of guilt on a human soul and says, in the authority, by the authority of Jesus, hush. The gnawing shame that sin produces, that illness produces, that isolation produces, that evil produces. Jesus looks at that shame in our lives today and by his authority covers it over and reminds us that the last word of God and his authority is his word of love from Calvary's cross for you and me and all of us who wear the name Jesus. By whose authority then 
are we saved? When we stand before the heavenly throne, when our Lord calls us to heaven, and the Lord himself looks down and says, by what authority should I let you beyond these gates? By what authority do you stand here before me? And we point to that cross as the centurion did. And we say, I'm here with Jesus. I'm not here on my own. If I were here on my own, I'd be in trouble. I'm here because of the authority of Jesus. And like that centurion, we point to the cross. And we say, I'm here with your son. And by his authority, heaven's door swings open for me. I've been baptized into Christ. And by the authority of Jesus, we are invited inside. Rock solid, never changing, never going away, never pivoting toward or away. Solidly, solidly on the authority of Christ. And in the meantime, between that last day and the last day of January 2021, we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. And his authority drives a transcendent sense of peace for you and me. As the world pivots and moves here and there, and decisions are made, and decisions are rescinded, as this person says this and that person says that, and none of it seems to make a, 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 a complete and total amount of sense. Yet for Christians, for those of us who live and breathe and have our being right here and right now, we live by the authority of Christ. We live by the authority of the Him who has had everything put under His feet. And with the Lord firmly in control of all that goes on in his created world. Wanting the best for all of his people, for whom he has died and for whom he has risen again. We have a profound sense of confidence and peace in the Lord's working in the world right now. Marvelous promise of God for us that we do not live in a completely chaotic, non-directed, authorityless world. But as Christians, we're called to see more, see better, see deeper, see farther, and to let our hope fill how we look into the future. And with that, those words of Paul from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, something you may want to look up this week and think about. The words of where final authority rests. And final authority resting here allows there to be rest in your soul. Paul writes, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Rock, solid, not changing, authority of Jesus, and you, you are loved in the name of Jesus.
Amen.